We are in uh, Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to talk about marriage today. Ooh. I noticed there was an increase of husbands coming the last couple of weeks, and maybe that's because the wives thought I was going to deal with marriage those weeks, but we had guest speakers. So, got you here today, guys. But you might be here today, and you might be single, and you're saying, listen, you know, this doesn't, you know, apply to me. Oh, it does. Because you want to be so ready for when you do get married to know what God wants from you and from your spouse. And so we're going to be finishing chapter 5, but we're going to be starting in verse 22. If you have your Bibles open, is everybody ready? Amen? Okay, verse 22, Ephesians chapter 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. We could probably just stop right there. That's like an eight-week course, isn't it? Not, whoa, tough crowd. Okay, I'm just kidding. Listen, if we're going to get through this today, we're going to have to have a sense of humor, okay? <laughs> Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the wife is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify it and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present her to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church, for we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects the husband. Father, thank you for letting me teach this. And I just pray that we would all have the right heart today to stop making excuses and start honoring your word. Lord, we ask that you would bless this time and change us on the inside, that we could really examine ourselves to see if we're trusting you or it's all about me. And so, Lord, do what you do best. Take over. Holy Spirit, minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, lucky me. This is great stuff. You know, we sang that song, This is my desire to honor you. Lord, I give you my heart. Give you everything. Do we really give God everything? Are we completely surrendered over to God? Because I tell you what, you read this stuff and you're like, mm, you know, I surrender some. We've changed that song, right? And the Bible tells us when we're single to leave mother and father and to cleave to a wife. 
And when you do that, you need to understand a few things that you are now starting your own family. And the husband is the head of the house. The wife is next. The children after that. And that may bother you. But that's the order that God's given. And if you do that out of order, it all falls apart. As leaving your mother and father and cleaving to your spouse, the two become one. The idea is they weld together. And the only way to take two pieces of metal that were welded together and pull them apart, it destroys both of them. That's why God said, wait till you're married before you have sex. Because as you go from person to person to person, you're, you're then being pulled apart and a piece of you is being left with that person and left with every person that you've been with. And then you can oftentimes bring that into your marriage. Oh, God's forgiven you. Don't get me wrong. But there's, the danger is you bring that whole emotional bondage, baggage into your marriage because you've joined yourself with different people. And you've got to recognize that and put it to rest. And coming together as one, doing it God's way, is the biggest blessing that you could ever have. But it's not easy to submit as a wife. It's not easy to love like Christ loved the church as a husband. It's a challenge. But see, the, the only way it's going to work, because I'll tell you what, when, you know, you've got a lot of men, Christian men that are out there that read that verse and they're like, you got to submit to me. And you're not supposed to be a dictator. If you love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, she's not going to have any problems submitting to you. But here's the problem I get so many times. Well, you know what? If she would only submit, I'd love her like Christ loved the church. Oh, and then I'll look at her in counseling and I'll say, well, how's that submitting going? Well, you know, if he loved me more, then I would submit. And when I get with a couple and all they're doing is going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, I'll stop it right there and say, you know what, I'm done. I'm not here to be a referee. Do you want this marriage to be healed? Yes. Well, then let's talk about what we can do from this day on rather than all the past. Because if you've forgiven someone for the past, you're supposed to let go of that. If you don't, then what's going to happen? When you're losing the fight, you'll grab something from 5, 10, 20 years ago and throw it back in their face. And so when I talk to a couple and all they're doing is talking about he did this and she did that and he did this and she did that and he did this and she did that, those aren't the problem. Those are only symptoms of something that's a greater problem. And you know what that greater problem is? Their lordship to Jesus Christ. Joshua, at the end of his life, he gathered the people into Shechem. And he began to rehearse everything God did for them. God did this for you. God did this for you. I mean, you could start doing that in your own mind, right? All the stuff God's done for you. 
And then he said, after reminding him of all the things that God had did for him, he goes, now if you think it's evil serving the Lord, choose you this day who you're going to serve. So who are you going to serve? Is Jesus your pilot or is Jesus your co-pilot? If he's your co-pilot, you need to switch places. If he's your co-pilot, that means you serve Jesus conditionally according to the verses that work for you. That was good. That wasn't even in my notes. <laughs> or do you read the word and say, I got no option. I got to do it. God says love. Choose you this day. Leave mom and dad. Cleave to your wife. What does that mean? You started your own family. Be careful not to run to mom and dad with all your problems in your marriage. Be careful not to run to your friends with all the problems in your marriage. You know why? Because they love you. Because as you're venting and maybe going overboard about what happened, they're determined to love you and take your side. And then you might say too much, so when you do fix that relationship with your spouse, now they're on your back because you said all these things about them. How dare you go back? So you need to try to deal with your own problems, not drag mom and dad into it. Oh, there's going to be times mom and dad are going to be there to help counsel. I get that. But you can't do that all the time. Make sure if you're having problems in your marriage that when you sit down with somebody that their only intention is to heal the marriage and not take a side. If we would just love our wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, she would have a real easy time submitting, right? Now, you've got to understand about the submitting part. Because that sounds kind of awful, doesn't it? It doesn't mean, ladies, that you're lesser in a sense, that, that you, you don't, you're not as valuable. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means God made an order. And God's right. You, you remember what Jesus said when he was on the earth? He says, I always do the will of my Father. Hello? I never do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. I never say anything unless the Father tells me to say it. But then it also said in the Scriptures that Jesus didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. So which is it? Oh, they were equal, but he was honoring the order, hoping that you and I would honor the order. And being the woman doesn't make you lesser of value. It's just that you're honoring the order. You have tremendous input. Sometimes better. Sometimes not. But then you've got to trust your man who's following God that he seeks the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength and gets that final word. And that word may be in your favor. It may be not. He may go to the Lord, take your input, and God says, you know what? She's right. Do, do what she says. And it's going to take the humility of a man to come back and go, you know what? You were right. 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me just say this, though. I would say that probably 95%, and I could be lowballing, 
But I would say 95% of the problems in a marriage is because of a husband. Got real quiet in here. <laughs> now here's the thing about submission and loving. It could be really hard for a woman because the woman could be smarter than her husband. She could know more Bible than her husband. She could be more experienced in the business world. than She's just all around smarter. And there's a tendency when you're a woman like that to take over the marriage. And now you're out of order. And God can't honor or bless that marriage. Because, you know, you're willing to submit in this area, this area, and this area. But over in these areas, you don't have a clue, hubby, what you're doing. I'm taking over. And now you're in sin. If you let your husband lead, even though he doesn't know as much scripture as you, maybe he's not as smart as you, if you let him lead and he is sincere in seeking the Lord to get the answers from the Lord, God's going to bless that. And husbands, you know, they, they got that scripture that, that we just read that we're supposed to wash our wives in the water of the word. Now, a lot of people say, you know, we're, we're supposed to have devotions every day with our wife. We're supposed to sit down and read the Bible, and I think that's awesome. But that verse means much more than that. Because i got to be honest with you. When it comes to devotions with my wife and the kids, I was never very good at that. But what that verse means more than anything is that, men, we're supposed to be the spiritual leader in the house. We're supposed to speak the things of God into our children and into our wives. We're supposed to let our kids know that we're sold out for Jesus Christ and talk to them about the Word of God. Talk to them about spiritual things. Talk to our wives and our children about all those things. Because it's important. And husbands, we're supposed to love our wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Are you doing that? Or do you come home at the end of the day and just go, ah, I can't watch the kids, I can't do any chores, I had a long day. I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier to go to work, guys, than it is to stay home and raise the kids. I thought I would have got an amen there. I don't know about that. but <laughs> I mean, we had five. And it was easier to walk out that door. And then I'd come home, my wife would be frazzled, and she would need my help. And I tell you, there was a few times I really blew it. And I was like, you know what? I worked all day long. Do you know a mom never gets any time off? She's a, she's a housekeeper. She's a chef. She's a chauffeur. She's the nurse. She's the accountant. She's the bookkeeper. She's the wife. She's the mom. And when the kids are sick, who do they go to? They don't go to us. Because they know we're not going to do anything for them. <laughs> right? You know, one of the biggest destroyers of um, marriages is uh, a lack of intimacy. To where somehow the intimacy stops in the marriage or it's used for leverage. And the Word of God is very clear. You can't do that. Did you know that? 
Anybody here read 1 Corinthians 7? It talks about that very thing. It says, that, and check this out. It says, it says, husbands, guess what? Your body's not your own, it's your wife's. And, and then it says, wives, your body's not yours, it's his. Boy, it's gotten really quiet in here. And it says that you cannot withhold yourself from your spouse. And boy, have we seen that. I've seen it 20 years of counseling where it'll be used as a tool that it, this ain't going to happen until you do what I want. Or don't think this is going to happen when you're acting like that. That's sin. He says the only time that you can withhold yourself from each other, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul says the only time you can withhold yourself from each other is when you both agree. And with that agreement, enter into a time of prayer and fasting for some certain thing. And withhold yourself from each other. But when you break that fast, you are to come together again in intimacy, lest Satan get a stronghold in your marriage. And so why I say that's the biggest cause of breakups in, in marriages is because what happens is when someone stops that intimacy, and it could be a man or a woman, what you do is you allow Satan to get a foothold in your marriage and now you're not getting that the emotional intimacy that you need with your spouse and what happens is the enemy sends in people to kind of try to break up your marriage, right? There's no intimacy at home and all of a sudden your wife's at the office and there's this guy there. He's just so nice and he just understands me. And then the husband goes to his workplace and there's this girl there. She's so sweet and she listens to me. And many times when that intimacy has been cut off, guys and girls start watching porn. You can't use it as leverage. Now, I understand there's going to be times when somebody doesn't feel good, but there's no such thing as the perpetual headache. There's going to be times when somebody's tired. I get that, but you can't be tired all the time. You've got to love each other. It's important. God puts this beautiful uh, thing in a marriage because it brings us closer and closer. It's so awesome. You ever been in a big fight and then, I probably shouldn't even say this, had make makeup sex? Is that okay to say? <laughs> Doesn't it just fix the whole problem? I mean, maybe that's, you know, that's not really right, is it? But it kind of like all of a sudden you're like, what were we fighting about? I don't know. I don't know. What, hi, love you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, gosh. I'm, okay, we should probably move on. <laughs> but along with that intimacy... There needs to be some communication between you as husband and wife. I really believe that. You need to talk to your spouse what you like, what you don't like. 
You don't know how many spouses have been doing it wrong for 10 years because they didn't communicate. What do you like? What do you don't like? That's important. And guys, guys, wake up. Your wife's like a little romance. Guys are like microwave. Set the timer. Ding! <laughs> Women are like crock pots. Heat them up slowly. <laughs> I was moving on, wasn't I? Okay. <laughs> Take that into consideration. A wife could be a microwave once in a while. That I don't, you know, but understand her needs. Guys, they need to know that you love them. And they need a thousand demonstrations of that love. Guys don't need that, ladies. Hello. I'm just saying that to help you cope with what you're feeling. Honey, do you love me? I came home, didn't I? <laughs> right? I married you. It's, it's nothing. It's not bad. It's not wrong. It's just how guys think. They just think, of course she knows I love her. I married her. But she needs that demonstration every day of your love. You know, isn't it interesting that God never told the woman to love her husband? Because women understand love. He's got to remind the men. And isn't it funny he didn't tell the husbands to submit? Because they already understand submission. It's all about love and respect. See, ladies, your husband needs your respect. Now, I know he works really hard, and sometimes his job is, is, it causes uh, a lack of being around the house and being with the kids. I get that, but in his heart, he thinks he's doing everything he can for the family. And if you nitpick at him and put him down, he, he just gets, he feels like he's just, you know, shrinking. And, and then there's just no way he's going to love you like you want because you don't show him any respect. You don't say, I appreciate what you do. Thank you for your hard work. I appreciate your long hours, but you need to spend time with the family. There's a way to say it. And then you get these husbands, on the other hand, that are acting like, well, she won't submit, so I ain't loving her until she submits. You know what? Not conditional. When I tell a couple, go home, you love her like Christ loved the church, and you submit yourself to your husband as unto the Lord, and then they come back two weeks later and said, I tried it for two weeks, he didn't change, she didn't change, I quit. There's nowhere where God says quit. You keep going even if they don't. And God will honor that and watch your spouse change because you're committed to keep going. Listen, there's only one perfect person in your marriage, and it ain't you. It's Jesus Christ. No woman has ever submitted the way she's supposed to to her husband. But then that doesn't lower the standard. No husband has ever loved his wife like Christ loved the church. But that doesn't lower the standard. See, it talked in those passages that we read that men are to love their wives like they love themselves. No man ever hated his body but nourished and cherished it. Men, that's what we're supposed to do to our wives. What does that imply to the marriage? There's a lot of selfishness. Men, we're selfish. 
I'll say that again. Ben, we're selfish. Okay. Just want to see if we're on the same page. I expected the ladies to shout, but. We are, though. We, we come home from a hard day work, and we're like, I just need to rest. Watch the game. I know you've been with the kids all week, but I just got to surf. I need to go play some golf. I need some release. What does she need? She needs to be able to clock out and have some release, too. Are you doing that? Are you other-centered or are you just self-centered in your marriage? Because you know what? I always hear a lot about, well, you know, she's doing this, he's doing that. They're not doing what they should be doing. She's not doing what he sh- they should be doing. He's not doing what he should be doing. And like I said, those are all symptoms. Th- that's not the origin of the problem. The problem is your lordship. The problem, the number one problem in marriage is a lordship problem. Because a husband or a wife haven't made Jesus Christ Lord. Amen? And guys, I blame you most. I blame myself. If Jesus is my Lord, I'm not picking and choosing what I'm going to do. I need to be the head of my house. I need, if my wife knows more Bible than me, I need to get in the book and start studying. I need to know more of the Word of God because God put me in this position as the priest of the household to take care of the family and to lay down my life for my family. Now, I'll tell you what, for some of you guys, it's a lot easier to jump in front of your wife when someone shoots a bullet at her and to take the bullet and die. It's a lot harder to die daily for her. Right? You know, in Philippians 1.27, it talks to us that we should be striving alongside each other for the sake of the gospel. So let me, let me just say this. Let me talk about this. We, we have to realize that there's something happening in our lives that God has called to a married man and woman that God has called you to do a mission. That a lot of times what we say is like, well, you know, I'm married now and I really can't complete my calling. Oh, hello. You're married now and God has now given you both a mission. And it's not to say, well, I got kids and I'm married. I, we can't do that. No, you have a mission together. Let me, let me read something to you. <clears throat> this isn't even going as I planned, but anyway. Um. Let me find it. Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 says this, verse 29, But this I say, brethren, the time is short, so that from now on even those who have wives should be as though they had none. And some of you wives are like, that's how he acts. He acts like he's not even married. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they did not possess. And those who use the world as not misusing it. For the form of this world is passing away. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried 
cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord, but he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. An unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Now listen to this part. And this I say for your own profit, not that I put a leash on you, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. I'm going to explain what he just said there because it's going to blow you away. He's saying to a married man and woman, act like you're, in a sense, not married when it comes to the things of the Lord. Don't let the things of the Lord stop you from doing the things of the Lord. What is he saying? He's saying this, this thing that's going on with me and my wife is awesome. I'm to love my wife. I'm to care for her. But he says, don't let this take over your life. Act like you're not married and don't forget the mission that I gave you both. Does that make sense? See, because this could, this could be really awesome. I know a lot of families that are married and they love each other and they love their kids and they're awesome, but their lives are worthless. Because why? And, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to make a point. It's because they love each other. They have a great family, but they aren't accomplishing anything for Jesus. And they're Christians, and God gave them both a calling, but they're like, you know, well, you know, my wife, my spouse comes first, my children, no, God first. See, when you get married, that's not a way to opt out of ministry. <laughs> it's, it's God saying, now I've got something for the two of you to do. And when you're both striving for the same thing, Everything else works itself out. But if you're not striving for the same thing, then you're going to be worried about how am I being treated or how is my spouse being treated? Well, they're not treating me like I want to be treated and they're not treating me like I want to be treated. And then you're just all caught up in that because you lost focus on the mission that God gave you. Does that make sense? Because some of you are looking at me like, Look, you got a Super Bowl. Two teams going for the, the world championship. All they're focused on is the championship. They have a goal. I got to win this. We got to win the title. And when they win that title, what do they do? They celebrate. They're high fiving. There's this closeness that comes. But it's not like they were sitting in the locker room holding each other's hands, going, how, how are your feelings? Tell me more about you. They weren't doing that. They had a common goal, and when they won that common goal, they rejoiced, they became closer than ever before, and the byproduct of them winning was this closeness. You're, how many have been on a mission? Okay, how many of you that have been on that mission didn't know everybody that was on your team when you started that mission? Okay. But by the time it was over, you knew them, didn't you? See, you had the same common goal. 
And because of that common goal, because you were committed with your team to do that common goal, the byproduct was a closeness that you never had before. And when a husband and a wife understand the mission and they go after the mission, the byproduct, the husband's going to love his wife like Christ loved the church and she's going to submit herself unto the husband as unto the Lord. It happens naturally. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Amen? If you're here today and your marriage is kind of iffy, let me ask you, are you doing your part? And don't give me, well, you know, they're not doing their part. I didn't ask you that. Are you doing your part? Are you honoring God? You know, Peter talks to wives about when they have a husband that's an unbeliever, that there's only so much talking that you can do, and pretty soon you've got to shut up and they just have to see your lifestyle. Right? And maybe some of us have talked too much to our spouse, what they need to do, what they should not do. And, and, and maybe it's true, but maybe it's just a little too much of you. Why don't you just show your spouse with your actions? Be living proof. Because, you know, talk's cheap. And the old saying, actions are, are louder than words. So if there's something that's going on in your marriage today, maybe it's not quite what, maybe you need to figure out what your mission is that God's given you both. And unconditionally do, husbands, what the Bible tells you to do. And unconditionally do, wives, what the, what the Bible tells you to do. And watch God's plan work. You're like, oh, it's not working out in my house. You haven't done the plan yet. You know how many times people have walked away from counseling with me for marriage, and then they go away, and they come back two weeks, and I go, how's it going? They go, it's not working. It, did you do what I said? No. What do they call that, insanity? When you keep trying to do the same thing over and over when it never worked before? Hello, do it God's way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, and your marriage will be added unto you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Just for your word, Lord God, thank you. Thank you for the reminder, Lord, that this is uh, not just about marriage between a man and a woman, but it's, it's your relationships to the church, that you're the bridegroom. And we're the bride. And that we need to submit ourselves unto you because we know you're going to love us like nobody ever loved us before. And so, Lord, help the men today to have the same love that you have. Because your word says the Father loves us with the same love he has for you. That blows me away. And so, Lord God, would you just strengthen marriages today? Would you pour out your spirit on them? Will you help us to surrender to each other as we surrender unto you? We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and that you're going to complete the good work you started. That's a promise. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.